Hi everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a show dedicated to young believers pursuing the goal of healthy marriage and family. You know, we live in a world where getting married and starting a family is far too often postponed for longer than God designed and pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things. But the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As young believers, we have the choice to prioritize what matters most in our lives every day and to live face to face with God and others. Every Thursday and Sunday on this show, I'll be sharing research, conducting interviews, and reviewing articles on the importance of marriage and family for society. I'll also be releasing exclusive content such as spoken word poetry, allegorical short stories, and bonus episodes for subscribers. Friends, God did not set us up to live life alone. The truth of the matter is that every minute of your adult life that you wait to marry is a minute of your life that you're not spending with your life partner. While some might be content to live with the consequences of this arrangement, I would argue that those who wish to spend as much of their life as possible with their mate are perfectly within reason and soundness of value to do so. It is my deepest hope that this podcast inspires Generation Z to pursue marriage, become the best spouses and parents the world has ever seen, serve with furious intentionality, love well, and discover the joy of hanging the moon for another. To access my sources, subscribe to the show, or get your copy of my latest book, visit anchor.fm slash seth-hensley or check out the show notes of each episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 84 of the Restoring Report podcast. I'm super excited for the content we got planned out for you guys today, as always. This is a show about keeping marriage and family as central goals for young believers and prioritizing relationship in a world of many distractions. And today, I've got a really special episode planned out for you guys. I'm going to be reacting to a video entitled, What's Wrong with Christian Dating Part 1? And I, I'm interested in this video because I think there are a lot of things wrong with Christian dating. So I'm interested to see what this gentleman said. His name is Ch- Tim Challies. I've never reacted to anything that he's done before, so this is going to be totally new for me. Don't know if I'm going to disagree. Don't know if I'm going to 100% agree. It's always refreshing whenever you're looking for things to review on the show and you discover somebody that you've never heard of before. So Tim Challies, never heard of him before, going to be totally new. So I'm really excited to see what he has to say. Let's go ahead and get started. So somehow between 1998, when I got married, and today, all sorts of weird things have happened. And somehow dating, pursuing marriage, has become really, really difficult. It used to be pretty easy. Two people would indicate interest in one another, and in some way, you'd start as friends. And at some point, you'd ask the awkward question, and you'd go on a date, and you'd realize you'd have to have that question, that that conversation too. Hey, are we dating now? That kind of stuff. And it just it just happened. Uh, so far, off to a pretty good start. He he said um, that it has it, it's a lot different today than it was when he was growing up in '98. Um, he said that you would kind of just start off as friends, which I don't know if I agree with that. And then that somehow along the way, you would have that DTR moment of actually saying, "Are we dating or not?" Um, which I would want to have there if it was just a friendship. But so far, uh, very, I like that he's recognizing the differences because I think what a, a lot of older people do is they just assume that the dating landscape of today is the same as it was when they were growing up. And that's, that's not the case at all. Um, so I like that he's recognizing that. Don't know if I, I would like to hear more about what he means by the whole friendship thing and then defining the relationship. Um, 
because I think there should be some, as I've said in other places, there should be some attraction there. It shouldn't just be like you're picking one of your friends to marry based on some other qualities that you like. You should actually be attracted to the person you're pursuing as a spouse. But um, other than that, yeah, I do think it can start off as friendship as long as you get to the point of I'm on fire about this person. You have to get to that point. But as long as you get there, it doesn't matter if you start off as friends or if you just meet as strangers and then um, it happens that way. I don't really, it doesn't really matter to me, but super, super good start so far. Uh, somewhere along the way, and probably Josh Harris has something to do with this, with I Kiss Dating Goodbye, somehow it became really, really complicated. And the patriarchy movement came along with this idea that you needed to do courtship, that that was the, the right way to date. Then you started hearing people talk about dortship, which was some weird dating, courting hybrid, and, and it just became really, really difficult. He mentioned Joshua Harris's book there, I Kiss Dating Goodbye. We've done a review on that as well as a, like kind of a 30,000 foot look at what Joshua Harris is like, is like now, uh, what Joshua Harris's life is like now on this show. You can find that back in our episodes. Just search, um, Joshua Harris perhaps and it'll pop up. But, um, that was a definitely a transformative book for the dating landscape. And I would say not all for the better. So I'm kind of with him on that. Um, that would definitely, I think that did some things to make things more difficult. And again, that book came out, came out of reaction to a generation of parents, our parents, uh, Gen Z's parents, uh, had a hard time with, um, relationships being, uh, like, I don't know how to describe this, not, not a serious thing and a heartbreaking thing. Um, so they, and often they didn't even approach it from that. They approached it in the realm of sexual purity. That's what they zoomed in on. That was their ultimate goal, making sure that no babies were made outside of marriage. <laughs> that was the ultimate goal they had of dating, making sure that no physical lines were crossed, making sure no, um, that temptation was not afforded an opportunity in a dating, uh, scene. And to me, that's just a, not a good goal because, uh, first of all, in, when you're dating, the goal should be getting married, not just avoiding crossing sexual lines. If avoiding crossing sexual lines is your ultimate goal, you've got the wrong ultimate goal in dating. <laughs> you should be trying to marry the person that you're dating, right? You should be, and first of all, if you've entered the committed relationship with him, you should be working towards the goal of marriage, like period. That's just it. Um, that's your ultimate goal. And, um, I feel like when you, when you look so hard at not going off the road, you're, when you look so hard at the, the, the rumble strip on the side of the road, you actually tend to go towards the rumble strip. And it just, I, I, that's just a principle that I found to be true in a lot, a lot of life areas. So just avoiding sexual failure, it, I found to be not helpful, it's either in context of dating or context of other things. If that's your ultimate goal, your ultimate goal should be pursuing a, fulfilling sexual life according to God's design. That should be your ultimate goal. Avoiding sexuality, avoiding uh, sexual distortion is not your goal. Pursuing the right, the correct version of sexual sexuality is should be your ultimate goal, right? So I would definitely think that that, that played a difficult, that had a difficult impact on Generation Z for sure. When we started zoning in on this paramount goal of avoiding um, premarital sex, it's like, that's really shouldn't even be our ultimate goal right now. Now, yes, I believe that's not beneficial. That, that it can be super, super harmful. Um, but what we really need to focus on is actually pursuing God's goal for sexuality. Um, and not trying to avoid some, try, and not trying to avoid, you know, a false version, essentially is what I'm saying. 
Honestly, I don't think it needs to be that difficult. I think uh, a guy and a girl who are single can indicate interest in one another, start doing casual things together, and eventually simply end up having that conversation. Are we dating now? I, I really like you. Can we, we progress? Things are more difficult than they need to be. So, Well, I would say that right there, he just really hit it home with the whole um, doing casual things together, which I would define as, you know, seeing each other, or I would use that language typically. Um, but once you've had that conversation, once you've had the define the relationship moment, once you've said, now we're in a committed relationship together, that's where I argue it's permanent. And I think that's what he's saying here too. You should really not even get to that place if you're still on the fence about a person. If you're not sure that this person is somebody you'd love to spend the rest of your life with, don't even start dating. Just continue seeing them. Um, because once you, again, once you start crossing lines of commitment, once you start getting more and more intimate with one another, once you start saying more and more, um, things that shouldn't be said unless you're committed and doing more things that shouldn't be done unless you're committed, that's when people get hurt if you leave, right? So I would say here, you need to be really careful about even entering relationships. If you're looking to get married, you need to be Go, you need to be seeing other people. You need to be spending one-on-one -on -one time with the opposite sex of people who you might be interested in, but do not step across the line of entering a committed relationship unless you are able to, with very, with surety and certainty in your mind, say, I would love to spend the rest of my life with this person. Those Christians, I think we just need to kind of break it down and, and, and make it simple again. Allow people the freedom to get to know one another in casual settings and then progress from there into a dating relationship and from there to marriage. And I've heard it said before that uh, we should never let young people spend one-on-one -on -one time with each other when they're of the opposite sex. And that can be traced directly back to Joshua Harris's book and the whole avoid premarital sex at all any cost type of worldview. And what happens when you do that is not only do you basically heap a massive burden of conscience on people who cross sexual lines before marriage, but you also remove the correct goal and in, in its place, put this goal of just, that's not even really in the grand scheme of things that important. I mean, think about it, guys, would you, <laughs> here's the problem. Getting married and pursuing God's design should be your ultimate goal in dating, right? That should be your ultimate goal. So if you, if you, if you move premarital sex into that and say we must not do this you i mean sure i know a lot of people who date and don't have premarital sex but they do not date well they do not date well and if our ultimate goal is you know pursuing god's design for us to get married uh we should be our our practice should be reflecting that right we should be dating well we should be we should know how to interact with our our partner we should know how to engage with them if all you know how to do is not have sex in your relationship, <laughs> I'm not impressed. I am not impressed at all. Like that is, that is bare minimum type stuff, guys. Like, I mean, there is so much more that you need to be focusing on. Again, that's what I would reiterate here. So the question he's getting now, the video says, how can a Christian couple keep themselves pure while dating? See, even that question is like, it reflects that we have the wrong goal. It's all about like staying pure. How about actually pursuing marriage to begin with? Most of the people I know that are Christians are just dating around casually, seeing if a spouse will fall in their lap. They're not actually pursuing the goal of marriage. They're not actually looking for a spouse. They're just like sitting around like, oh, I would love to date. That sounds fun. You know, <laughs> so we really need to have that as our goal instead of this question here. It says, how can a Christian couple keep themselves pure while dating? A better question would be, how can I 
strengthen myself to be a, a better spouse than I am presently? How can I, what areas do I need to work on to be a better spouse? And then once you have, uh, once you have a partner in a dating relationship, how can I, um, serve you better in this partnership? You know, those are much better questions than how can I remain pure? <laughs> oh my goodness. God. When you, if you don't remain pure, there, there are consequences to that, but it's not like you've, that's the end of the world or something, guys. We treat it like it's the unforgivable sin. We treat it like it's some, you know, thing that's going to ruin a relationship. I know people who have crossed lines they shouldn't and they have a good relationship because they've worked through it and they've, um, fixed the issues that caused them to do that in the first place, right? It's not, guys, there are worse things that you can do than cross sexual boundaries with somebody in a relationship, in a loving relationship. Um, you like, for example, for example, um, let's say you accidentally touch your partner somewhere you shouldn't. Let's say you're, you're, you're kissing or you're, you know, hugging or something, just something happens. Let's say something happens like that. The consequences to that are less severe than if you were to enter a relationship that you said was committed and then back out of it. Okay. So on this show, I talk more about the consequences of crossing emotional and lines with your words than I do lines uh, physically. Although the phys physicality is a very important part too, but I'm saying commitment is a bigger issue than sexually crossing a line where, you know, things got a little too he, uh, steamy or something. Do you know what I'm saying? The consequences to having a lack of commitment, not understanding commitment, not understanding the vision that God has for your relationship, that's, that's more severe than touching your partner in a way you shouldn't, right? Then crossing a physical line and fixing the problem. So we really need to adjust. We really need to adjust our worldview. I was talking to my mentor um, the other day, and he pointed out to me that there was somebody he knew in high school who had had premarital sex and they had children outside of marriage. Um, that woman today, um, now has grandchildren at the age of, let's see, I think it was 35 or 40 or something. It, pretty young is what I'm saying. So she has grandchildren now. Uh, and then he talked about, he, he contrasted her. He juxtaposed that woman to another girl who he grew up with in high school who was a purity freak. Somebody who was so obsessed with staying pure that they let, that basically their ability to pursue a healthy marriage with somebody was hindered. Uh, that is possible to do. So he contrasted the woman who had premarital sex to that woman. And that woman is now into her fifties without children, unmarried, no grandchildren, nothing that you, we would consider valuable late in life. So what I'm saying is you can make a mistake and that mistake can be redeemed into something beautiful. Whereas if you mess up in the area of actually pursuing marriage, if you don't pursue marriage and you don't make it a priority and you don't uh, chase it, you could end up with much more serious consequences like being 50 and 60 and not having children or grandchildren. I mean, just think about that for a minute. Guys being unmarried at 50 or 60, incredibly lonely. She probably has like three dogs in an attempt to, you know, as a salve for whatever loneliness is, you know, fracturing her heart every day of her life. I'm saying there are serious consequences to things other than purity. Guys, we need to really make those more of a priority. Yeah. Well, I think you've got to understand that Satan's great desire for a couple is that they would have as much sex before they get married as possible and as little as possible after they get married, right? That's, that's his great desire. 
Um, he wants couples to bring all sorts of baggage into marriage, to do all sorts of regrettable things, uh, accumulate all sorts of baggage, and then have to deal with that in marriage. And many couples will attest that they now regret what they did before they were married because the consequences do add up. God doesn't just let us sin and just get away with it, right? We often bring those consequences into marriage. And I think often those, those consequences we deal with are, are of the, uh, the actions we took, the, the sins we committed in that dating stage. So uh, how do you avoid committing sexual sin? How do you remain pure? I think a couple of things are in play. First, find a scriptural basis for purity. And many people find it in different places. I think it's helpful to go to 1 Timothy and to just see Paul's breakdown there of treat younger women as sisters, older women as mothers in absolute purity. So that gives us this, this breakdown of if she's not your wife, she's either your sister or your mother. So until you're actually married, then she becomes your wife, and then you can relate to her as a wife, which includes, of course, a sexual relationship. Until that stage, you must treat her as a mother, treat her as a sister. And of course, you would never commit any kind of sexual deed with a mother or sister. You treat them with absolute purity. So use that basis, find other things in scripture that just lay down the challenge. and. Don't assume that you'll be the one couple, the one person who never struggles in this way. It's God's good desire that that sexual desire grows throughout your relationship leading to marriage. In fact, it's more concerning if there is no sexual desire than, than if there is. So there, there ought to be the growth of that desire, yet it ought to be kept under control until it can be consummated within the marriage relationship. Okay, there there was a lot of good stuff in what he said there. I really liked a lot of what he said there. Um, he started off by saying that it's sexuality has become that it's something that we all obviously go through, and that, that there it's a temptation we all obviously have within the context of dating. But then he went on to say that when you have sex, a sexual relationship outside of marriage, he talked about bringing baggage. He used the word baggage, bringing baggage into your future marriage, and that's why you that was why you didn't want to have a sexual relationship outside of marriage. I would actually kind of turn that around and say, you don't want to have a sexual relationship outside of marriage, not because you'd bring baggage into your future marriage, but because of the risk involved if that person leaves, right? The risk involved if that person leaves, that's a big one, right? For example, if you cross a line with your your partner that you're dating in a committed relationship, if you cross a line with him... And that relationship does not fall through. If you actually see that out to the, to the goal of marriage and you sign the document and you say, I'm not leaving. And you say it in front of God and hundreds of witnesses. If you say that, if you cross that line, I would say there's not much baggage brought into the relationship, right? You've, you've done something with her or him that you shouldn't have when there wasn't the final commitment, right? So you've done something that the, you, in the end, guys, you never know if your partner is going to leave or not. You don't. Before marriage, it's not a guarantee. Even after marriage, it's not a guarantee, but marriage is the best thing we have to guarantee it. So doing something of a sexual nature, crossing that line, getting your heart involved to that level, which by the way, don't even come at me with the I can have sex and not involve my heart. It's not true. You can't do that. Biologically, physically, spiritually, you cannot do that. It's not how you're set up to work. So if you cross that line and you you give your heart to that person to that extent with no guarantee that they're going to stay around and you're really opening yourself up to a a heart, a heartbreak that I can't describe with words how bad it is, right? You can, it's, it's really, really, really bad when you've done that. And I understand these things, guys. I've crossed physical lines that I, I think were appropriate for the commitment level that I had. But in the end, the person ended up leaving. And that is so, so terrible. 
It's so terrible. You've got to understand the seriousness of crossing lines, be them words, be them emotional boundaries, be them physical boundaries. Every line you cross brings you closer to the person that you are crossing that line with. So if you are not confident in their ability to stick around, do not please cross the line. Please do not, right? So I would say that that's really more of a danger than bringing in baggage into your um, relationship, your marriage relationship, right? Because if you actually end up marrying the person that you cross the line with, it's still them, right? You've still built the bond a little early, but the, my point is that the bond was not fractured. The bond was not broken that you built through that sexual act or that even that not even sexual act. Even maybe let's say you hugged a lot or you kissed a lot or you had a lot of physical contact. You held hands. You sat together in the car. Something, any physical boundaries, physical lines and boundaries when they are crossed, they are a bond is built. So if that bond is not broken, if you carried that bond into marriage, I would say the consequences are less severe than if you cross those lines, you build those bonds and they are broken because one person leaves. Community is so helpful in appealing to other people. Can you ask us hard questions? That's the best thing you can do. Find an older couple, give them absolute freedom to ask you difficult questions, and then commit between the two of you. You will always ask, answer honestly. If you know there's a couple you love and respect who will be coming to you and saying, how are you guys doing? Are you behaving? Are you sleeping together? Asking you those blunt questions, that will be tremendously, tremendously helpful. You can appeal to them. You can ask them for help. You can ask them for prayer. But so much of the Christian life comes down to this. I want to be holy more than I want to sin. So pray that God would give you a deep desire for holiness. Take away desire to sin. Overall, I would say he had a lot of good advice in this video, particularly there at the end about having an accountability partner who's older than you, advanced in seasons and advanced in years, who knows everything that you're going through to to basically come along behind you and, and check up on you, say, how are you doing in this area? That's something that I would kill for. And that's something that I plan to have when I'm in a, a romantic relationship in a committed sense. Um, because that's just absolutely key. I, something I've found difficult as a young person in the realm of accountability is actually um, finding somebody who will check up on you because it's really hard to do guys. It's really hard to do. Now you can find people who will be a listening ear there for you, right? They'll be, they'll be, they'll receive everything you tell them. But what happens is the, the more you uh, kind of confess your sins one to another type thing, the harder it gets because you feel like you've been a failure so many times that you're actually being a burden for this person and that they are disappointed in how you're, how much you're struggling, right? So, but when they come to you and they ask how you're doing without any initiation of your own, it's so much easier and it's so important to have accountability. So I would say when I get older, I'm going to be that for a younger person because I know what it's like. And also I would say that's important to have. So definitely pursue that accountability relationship you talked about. Um, also, I just find what, what really repulses me about this video is the fact that they only addressed one question and that was how do you remain pure? Guys, there is so much more to a healthy dating relationship than not crossing physical lines. There is so much more. There are more important issues than not crossing physical lines in a dating relationship. And yet we've made like sexual purity the paramount issue. And it's not. It's not. Sexual impurity is not the unpardonable sin. It's actually a pretty understandable sin. It, and like you said earlier in the video, it would be better to want to have sex than not want to have sex, right? So I just... And I'm not saying having sex before marriage is a good idea. I'm absolutely not saying that. I'm just saying 
why is that our our ultimate issue in dating? Why is that the only thing Christians talk about and, not, and ask about? Like, guys, you, there's so much more to being a healthy partner in the context of a dating relationship than not sleeping together. My gosh. I wish somebody would ask a question other than that. My goodness. There's so many more. Like, just anything. How do I serve my potential wife better? How do I... Uh, address this issue that continually comes up. She's an introvert. I'm an extrovert. How do we actually spend quality time together um, in a way that doesn't drain her? There's there's so many more things you could ask. There's deeper questions you can ask that need to be addressed, right? Not how do we not sleep together before marriage? Gosh. But that's where the end's the video, guys. And um, I hope you guys enjoyed this video today. If it's ministered to your soul or revealed any truth to you, giving you any insight into the current condition of the dating landscape of the modern generation Z, um, reach out, let me know what you thought of the episode through the link in the show notes. You can send me a recorded voice message in your own voice. I absolutely love getting those. It makes me feel super connected to my audience. If you're interested in following the Restoring Rapport podcast on Facebook and Instagram as well, you can do so at Restoring Rapport there. So hope to see you guys there, but I'd really love to hear from you even more in the microphone mode where you just tap a button and send me a recorded message in your own voice. I love that. It makes me feel super connected to you guys. Hope to see you in the, in the future episodes and I will talk to you next time.